Hello and welcome to another edition of the First and Orange Broncos podcast presented by the Denver Post. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran. It is Friday and we are nearing the Broncos kickoff against the Seahawks. This is your one-stop shop, your podcast preview for the game, first game. Ryan, uh, you got any like pregame superstitions? You like eat the same meal, do the same thing? How do you how do you get ready for what's going to happen on Sunday? Well, I run six laps around the stadium. No. <laughs> um, my thing is, it's not a superstition. It's more of a routine. Is um, As you saw at some of these home games, I'm more of a just, I have a box of popcorn and some yeah. chips guy. Yeah. So I'll have like an early lunch before I head to the stadium around 1030. I like getting there early because I despise having to sit in traffic in case there's an accident. So I like to be in the press box like three hours before, which is fine. Now I'm covering these games on uh, the late games so I can just watch some early games. How about you? Well, I don't know. See, the difference between me and you is I can't really control myself around free food. So to just hit the popcorn You're is... the first person to ever say that about me. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Well, hey, Dave, I'll give you some credit for that. That's what I'm saying. So uh, lots of free press box food to be had this year. So, Ryan, let's jump right into this game preview here. You wrote in this week's Denver Post about how this game is going to be full of surprises, right? I mean, this is a a couple of rosters, a couple of coaching staffs with a lot of turnover, uh, but that's not it only, right? I mean, what what else makes this game sort of unique? This is my favorite game of the year in the regular season because basically this schedule came out a couple days before the draft in April, and they saw Seattle 225. Basically, they've been talking about this game for ever since, for a couple months. They put the game plan in this week, but they've been trying to say, okay, I really like this play. Let's make sure we don't run it in the preseason. Right. I really like this kind of coverage and pressure combined. Let's make dang sure we don't run it against Washington in that third preseason game. So the element of surprise, that's what I wrote about. I talked to a lot of guys, and I, look, you know, I watched the Seattle-Minnesota tape. Seattle, went, Seattle ran two personnel groups, 11 and then 12 three receivers and then two tight ends and I asked Brandon Marshall I said was it me he goes no he goes they were totally bland but they're gonna have a lot of surprises Broncos gonna have surprises their own it works both ways you know I asked Pete Carroll about it he says hey that first quarter maybe the first half of the second quarter is about feeling each other out who's doing what where guys are lining up who's who's healthy and then by halftime whoever makes the best adjustments in the second half is, is going to be the team that wins the game gotcha and a huge storyline this week as well something that i've written about in the denver post uh defending russell wilson we've sort of heard every single member of this broncos team asked about that today uh and over the past couple days with vance joseph saying he's the best runner at the position in the league citing that among all quarterbacks that no quarterback uh, has more rushing plays of 10 or more yards than Russell Wilson. Uh, he's got 16 career rushing TDs in six seasons. Um, you've seen a lot of different mobile quarterbacks play. Is Do you agree with VJ at this point in time? Is there anyone who does it better in terms of manipulating the pocket, extending the play than, than out in Seattle? Um, I think he is the best, Russell Wilson. And Cam Newton has more rushing yards since 2012. But I think Russell Wilson is a better all-around quarterback. Rodgers is more of a, uh, a lateral scrambler at this point. Wilson, you won't believe how far back he'll retreat to try and keep a play alive. He'll be 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage, and he'll just throw something up because he's got a strong enough arm. So the key, and as Adam Gotts has told me, it's a catch-22. You want to be aggressive. You want to like pin your proverbial ears back and get to the quarterback, but you also got to be disciplined. you got to stay in your rush lane. You can't let him get outside the numbers where he becomes dangerous because then – Corners can only cover for so long. Receivers are getting paid, too. They're going to get open when they break off their route. So 
as Vance pointed out this week, Seattle makes a lot of their big plays off extended or broken plays. So the Broncos got to be equal parts aggressive and disciplined. Talking to Bradley Chubb, a huge challenge for him as a rookie and all these pass rushers in terms of staying in their rushing lanes, shuffling their feet, and, and not really diving at, at his legs. I think that's when we've really seen Russell Wilson make some of his bigger plays when, when maybe those D linemen get a bit too hungry. But, you know, with Chubb and the way that this game has evolved, he's placed, faced plenty of uh, pretty prolific rushing quarterbacks in college. Kelly Bryant, uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, I think that probably helps with a lot of these rookies. But in this first game, is that a concern? You know, your very first quarterback you're going against is a skill set that no other quarterback has? Um, I mean, for Chubb's standpoint, I think the coaches are really coaching him up this week because you got to put, put yourself in his shoes. First game at home, you want to make an impact. Maybe you try and play outside of yourself. So I'm sure Bill Kolar, Joe Woods, the rest of the defensive staff are saying, hey, follow your keys, read your rules, and then let your, your athleticism will take over. So I have high expectations for Bradley Chubb as a defensive end, setting that edge in the run game and also on third down, providing, which they showed a little bit against the Redskins, when he when he twists inside on an interior pass rush, if he gets ahead of steam, he's going to run over a guard and he's going to run over a center. Right. It should be fun to watch him in, in tandem with Miller. Uh, obviously a huge storyline this offseason. Uh, one last thing we'll look at with this Seahawks team. Uh, obviously, Broncos fans need no introduction to what this defense has been known for over the years, uh, going back to that 2014 Super Bowl blowout. But this team is, is quite a bit different. They missed the playoffs for the first time since 2011 this last season. Uh, Russell Wilson's turning 29, so you know, take that for what it is. I don't know if how much age affects a quarterback uh, who plays like him. Maybe it's it's more or less with the amount of contact he's going to have, getting sacked more often. Ryan, have the Seahawks lost a step? Is Vance Joseph right? Same old, same old, even with the new numbers well same old same old scheme and philosophy not same old same old billies and joes yeah and uh wilson is still an elite player uh he knows when to scramble when to go down avoid the big hit defensively new coordinator and ken norton a lot of new starters because guys cliff averill cam chancellor retired richard sermon released michael bennett traded uh earl thomas status unknown after his holdout so that's where the Broncos should feel like they should be able to take advantage is a Seahawks defense that is young and still feeling its way, and that's going to be their key to victory. Russell Wilson is the key no, no, you know, regardless, but this Bronco offense should feel good about some of the matchups they could exploit. As we're recording this this week, we're not entirely sure about Earl Thomas's status for the game. We should make that known. That could uh, play a huge role as well. Uh, moving forward, even a guy sitting at a camp, uh, you figure he kind of changes the complexion of that defense a bit. If he's out there, I go after him. Test him. See what kind of condition yeah. he's in. Maybe he goes from tempo to keep him on the field. Um, yeah, I don't think he would play a full-time role, uh, but... When he, you know, if he plays 25 snaps or 35 snaps, Broncos say, okay, let's take advantage of a guy who's been sitting at home training on his own for the last six weeks. Right. And one final note, Ryan, uh, we appreciate you guys listening into this First and Orange podcast. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I mentioned it earlier, but notable Broncos Seahawks matchup in that Super Bowl. You were there, correct? I was. Did, did you got some anecdote for these listeners? Something that makes them feel better about that game? Maybe something that makes well, them feel worse? I don't think anybody thinks going to make them feel better about <laughs> that game. But, you know, the first snap, it's it's rare when the first play sets the tone for a game. Yeah. And, and this was the one. The snap goes over Peyton Manning's head. It's a safety. You know, Seattle probably still would have won. They, are, they were faster. They were better. 
but it was uh, it was a stunning result to have that lopsided of a win. Yeah, I remember watching it with some roommates in college. We made a bunch of food. We were excited. Uh, half of us were sleeping by halftime. So I, I will say that was probably my best Super Bowl game story because okay. I had the whole second half to work on. It. Ah, that is true. Uh, a reporter's dream, even if it's a Broncos nightmare. So with that, uh, we appreciate you guys listening it up uh, to this edition of the First and Orange Broncos podcast. Uh, be sure to follow our nonstop Broncos coverage online at DenverPost.com. Pick us up every day in the newspaper. And of course, tune in to the next First and Orange. See ya.